Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. So welcome, Kate Save from BeFit Food. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Jackie. It's great to have you here on this sunny and chilly Friday afternoon. So thanks for giving up your time. <laughs> Be Fit Food, how long have you been established? When did that all start for you? So around six years ago now. So Be Fit Food was started by myself and a weight loss surgeon, Dr. Jeffrey Draper. And we basically had been working together for almost a decade when we decided that we needed to look at alternative solutions for rapid weight loss rather than just putting all of the patients pre-surgically on bars and shakes diets. And that was a learning that came about probably two years into the practice when we recognized that after people had had weight loss surgery, sometimes they were regaining the weight. And when we tried to get them back onto a healthy diet again, most of them actually didn't like healthy food or hadn't eaten really well or a really good diet or even just had that dietary education a lot of the time at all or certainly not within the last decade. So we thought, why don't we start people on a healthy rapid weight loss program before weight loss surgery? So it's fresh in their mind. It's something they've practiced. And then post-surgically, they can continue on these small nutritious meals and practice what really or truly is healthy eating and whole food eating as opposed to synthetic bars and shakes and chocolate flavored things that I just don't think is setting people up for success. Absolutely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there with this process of education and changing habits. And I see a lot of the default for when weight is being regained is to do the shakes diet again and, you know, replace a few meals every day with a shake. And I just think it's kind of the yoga yo-yo back again in a lot of ways it yeah well yeah it's a traditional diet isn't it like diet is a dirty word because it doesn't actually work and Mm. you know when you're putting people on chocolate shakes and you expect that just by restricting calories they're going to learn to be healthier how is that changing their mindset or changing their gut microbiome or changing their behaviors other than giving them that you know, that pleasure of the chocolate milkshake. So we wanted to set something or develop a program that was there for more long-term success. Mm -hmm. And the best way to educate someone is to get them to practice actually doing it. So, And absolutely starting that before the surgical date. I see a lot of people who are also waiting for that date before they start anything. I don't see why if you've got a four-month lead up or you get your surgery date and it's out into the future, it's a great time to start practicing that, you know, new lifestyle and new understanding of food and you know what goes in on a daily basis it's a great and I think when someone can put it together as well as you have it teaches what food looks like and you know what a whole day might look like as well which a lot of patients are asking that question is what does a day of food look like whereas with the BeFit food program I think when it arrives you absolutely know it's you know breakfast looks like this and it's you know a serving and understanding what a portion size looks like and that sort of thing it's something that patients are totally thrown into the deep end looking at new ways of putting a meal
meal together. And I think if you can see at least a template of it for, you know, mm. even three to six months or even three weeks of it is just a bonus to see how it all appears. And they can get healthier for surgery too. So mm. part of the benefit starting before surgery is let's prep them, not just mentally and educate them, let's physically get them into the best shape they can be for what is life-threatening surgery. And, you know, it's, it's any surgery is dangerous and mm. all surgery has its risks. And yes, the surgery is probably worth the end result, but you want to go into it knowing that you did everything you possibly can to give yourself the best chance, at, you know, everything going well. So we see BeFit Food as something that can help improve people's health as well as shrinking the liver and getting a bit of weight off. But for that health change, mentally, physically, and even emotionally empowering people that you can eat good food and get success because a lot of people give up on food-based diets because they think they don't work. So giving them that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's looking at the longer term vision, I suppose, as well. What role do you think the whole foods play in the first weeks in the post-surgery? Oh, I certainly think it's shaping behaviours in terms of getting people used to what flavour profile, you know, their body's adjusting. And look, there's all sorts of studies to show that, you know, our taste and flavour fatigue levels and how long that takes. And apparently we get new taste buds every 14 or 21 days. And there's so many different things out there. But in reality, if the first few things you have are really intensely sweet. We often hear that people are just so sick of sweet things. Even by the time they come out of hospital, Mm. they're actually just wanting real food or something that doesn't taste artificial or overly sweet. So I think it's a good way to set them up not to get sick of something. Yeah, correct. And I think the the tendency for these shakes and meal replacements is to be quite, they have that really sweet taste to it and that kind of yeah. mimic of something that's more of a treat, but it's a actually meant to food. be a meal. And yeah. yes, it might have the nutritional makeup of a meal and the same amount of calories, but I think that's not, it's not education. And I think the long-term, you know, outcomes that everyone's looking for when they finally make the decision to have surgery is change. And this is a beautiful way to bring it about to help them to grasp and understand that, um, yeah, what's possible with good food and how good you can feel. And yeah, in all honesty too, at university, you know, nearly 20 years ago for me, we did learn that um, these particular products were nutritionally complete. So they were a replacement for real food. And then as you go on and you start practicing nutrition, you quickly learn that there is no replacement for real food. Real food is so much more than just the vitamins and minerals side of thing. You can get the vitamins and minerals. You actually need the living component, the food component at some point as well for our digestive system, for our gut microbiome. So those bars and shakes, bakes, diets, you know, there's some vitamins and minerals there, but that you can get from a tablet. What you can't get is the living components, Mm. the things that keep the cells alive, these phytochemicals, the the colours, the the fibre, the the real part of the food. And that's something we haven't been able to bottle yet. No, definitely can't replicate that. And I, in our group, on our Facebook group, we've been doing the 50 Foods Challenge. And every week we've introduced a different colour. So each week we talk about yellow or blue or, you know, purple foods and the benefits that these foods bring just in what colour they are, let alone, you know, what their actual makeup is. So eating the rainbow and, you know, making sure that 
there's food on the plate is something that we're really focused on as well. And I think you're doing that brilliantly. Uh, Are intolerances to different foods more common post-surgically? Do you find you you have to cater for specific diets for people who've had weight loss surgery at all? Oh, look, we certainly hear this. And whether it's a true food intolerance or whether it's just the gut playing up because the gut has had surgery. And in all honesty, I've had gut surgery. I didn't have bariatric surgery, but I had what they thought was a tumour in my bile duct and I had Roux Y surgery. So I can imagine it would be very similar to what's happened when people have had the bypasses and the Roux Y. And my gut plays up sometimes with particular foods, but I'm not particularly intolerant to anything unless my gut's going through a phase where it's inflamed and it's Mm. it's not normal and I feel like I can relate when I see the patients and they're talking to me about not being able to tolerate certain things and I always persist and say it won't necessarily be forever there's you know your gut sometimes is more temperamental or it's certainly inflamed after surgery for a long time so it's about getting rid of that inflammation and the best way to do that is plant-based foods they Mm, do reduce the gut inflammation so just persisting and um having small amounts of things and leave them when they're upsetting you, but don't think you can't ever have them again. Go back and try small amounts and reintroduce them. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, a lot 24 hours is a long time in somebody's body, isn't it, when we've just had that kind of interruption and change. And I think, yeah, you're right. We talk about people who are cutting out major food groups because mm. they didn't respond well the first time. But, um, yeah, go back and change that. And enzymatic activity and, you know, all sorts of different things will reset in that period, the healing period. How long do you see this healing, you know, how long do you classify that dependent on what the person is eating, I would imagine? Yeah, look, the surgeon talks to me about the effects post-surgery, particularly even for that rapid sort of weight loss, um, that most of that happens within two years. So obviously mm-hmm. the body is hyper-metabolic for this two-year period. So it's it's not behaving the way that it used to behave um, for that two-year period. And obviously everyone's an individual and everything in between. But in terms of inflammation in the gut, that's certainly going to be an individual response too, because that some people handle trauma to their bodies really well and recover quickly and other people don't and Mm. yeah and what they're eating will have a huge impact on that so if they're not having enough plant-based foods then they're perhaps not actually able to counteract that inflammation and it'll stay there a lot longer and are there particular foods that are really ideal for this inflamed state if it's recognized what would you suggest in that area if there's i I guess always speaking to the healthcare professional in case there's something underlying it because Mm. it could be another condition underlying it But if everything is ruled out and it is just general unknown idiopathic sort of inflammation that's not related to any other condition that they can find, then it's about having that whole food diet and hoping that some of these phytochemicals and antioxidants have the power to sort of undo that. And, you know, they talk about leaky gut syndrome and the best way to correct that is with, you know, the plant-based foods and Mm. help the gut to rebuild and be stronger and dietary fibre. So there's a lot of research now on the gut microbiome and dietary fibre actually being able to act as um, a facilitator for healing the gut and There's been plenty of studies for ulcerated colitis and Crohn's disease in the lower parts of the gut with fibre types being able to change bacteria. And we know that there's bacteria all the way up through the gut. So I think if we can eat the right sorts of foods and those 
high fiber foods and plant-based foods, then mm. we'll promote the right type of gut bacteria and um, get rid of the pathogens that can be causing some of this inflammation as well and certainly yeah. help the body um, recover and heal. And the fibers too release the short-chain fatty acids and they're supposed to help the, the body recover as well, and particularly the gut cell lining. So. Yeah, absolutely. Very restorative. And it's just mm. the regularity of those, you know, regular foods going in that provide the different types of fiber, which help those different bacteria to, to colonize. It's kind of like crowd control. I always talk about, you know, you have a party of great guys having a great time together and everything's going really well and they're your good bacteria. And then you Mm. have these infiltrators who might try and gate crash. And if you've got enough of the good guys, these bad guys can't get in and can't set up camp. So overall, that regular, you know, healthy eating and um, rich fibre diet certainly promotes that kind of crowd control. So overall, helping health and keeping out different pathogens that you don't want in your tummy. Thank you for that. It's it's quite interesting. And tell me a bit more about the different programs you actually offer with BeFit Foods. Yeah, look, our, I guess our key programs, what we call our Be Rapid program, and that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack every day. It gives people all of the protein that they need. So they get their, you know, 20 grams of protein at a minimum at each each meal time. Plus they get a maximum of 15 grams of carbs at each meal. It's slightly different with the vegetarian meals because they tend to be slightly higher in carb and lower protein because plants don't have the same amounts of protein as your meat-based foods but they're all portion controlled they're all around that 250 calorie mark so it means that an individual can choose anything from our range of over 70 products and just choose what they want to eat not what they think they need to eat because we've done all of the you know the nutritional analysis and taken the guesswork out of it so that people can just eat what they want to eat and know they're putting the right thing in um, we've got a huge range of healthy snacks too because we know for people a lot of their problem is not at meal times it's actually what to have in between meals and you know there's a lot of advice out there to say don't snack in between meals but if you are going to snack you need to know what you should be having and particularly well pre and post surgery if you've got a small tummy or you've got a limited amount of food you consume you need to make sure every mouthful counts so all of our snacks are high in protein. They all have no added sugar. They're all low in carb and they're all high in fiber, except the egg bites. They're just high in protein, not the fiber there. Um, but everything else has got that good gut, the fiber that's going to help for that good gut health. And we use lots of novel ingredients that really help build a strong gut as well. You've really taken the guesswork out of eating well after surgery. And I think, yeah, you're right. You're looking at the snacking for some, the options that are on offer for high protein snacks can be quite limited and I think even if the program offers those ideas it's just a Mm. a wonderful way of diversifying your understanding of what's available and and what's helpful and um, no guesswork I think it's lovely to know that (laughs) at the end of the day you've met your needs and not exceeded them but also yeah it's totally balanced and yeah you've taken all the hard work out of it that's for sure well and we see it as a, a way for a tool for people to use if they just need help they might want to cook all their own meals and do it all themselves but every now and then there's something comes up and you just don't have the time so Mm. we're kind of that backup plan you can leave a handful of meals in your freezer and if you're getting home late or you don't have a particular ingredient or you just can't be bothered cooking then you know you're making the right choice 
this or perhaps on takeaway night, instead of getting actual takeaway, you could have our chili con carne and mm. make it into a Mexican burrito or something with a low carb wrap or, you know, use our wholemeal beef lasagna as your takeaway option, put it with some fresh salad. So you don't have to, you know, you can use it in lots of other ways. And we've got um, a handful of people, a handful, thousands of people. On our, um, <laughs> That's a big handful. Facebook <laughs> foodies group who um, there's about four and a half thousand of them now that are on there chatting all the time, sharing their before and afters oh. and their experiences on the program. And it's a private group, but it's a really intimate conversation, believe it or not, with that many people. Yeah. And they share all of their tips and tricks as to how they use the, the food and the snacks. And we get some great advice. Like people use our high protein dim sims and put them in air fryers to make it like a, you know, a fried dinner on a you know, takeaway night or yeah. they get our protein muffins. Like we've got a, we're about to launch a double chocolate muffin, but we've got blueberry ones, carrot cake ones, banana and coconut. And they put them in their toasted sandwich makers and, oh. you know, just clever things to um, make everything really special, really enjoyable yeah. and feel like food that you look forward to. Well, that's what you want as well is, you know, it's, you get that limited opportunity when you've got a tiny tummy. So we're all looking for yummy food, but also, yeah, balanced and um, and versatile too. I think it's great when you're in a stressful period to recognise that and think I'm, you know, I'm home from work late or, mm. and it's you, it is you need that plan B to make sure that in those pressured times that those choices are still going to be supportive and um, keep your long term goals in mind. Yeah, and going back to where we're all busy people, no matter whether we're stay at home mums, whether we're working or whatever we're doing, and there isn't a day that goes by, or certainly not a week, where you don't actually have time, believe it or not, to sit down and eat a meal or to even put something in the mind. So you need to have healthy, quick things on hand that if you can't sit and really take the time to eat properly as you're supposed to, that at least you put the right thing in and it's mm. going to get you through to the next meal. And that's often where people go wrong. They just yeah. don't have a backup plan. And that's the time when those habits start to slip in and the regain. Around yeah. what time do you know? Do you see a regain in a percentage of patients? And, and at what sort of times do you see that sort of creep back in and, and as the time goes on from surgery? Oh, look, using Jeff's references as the surgeon, he's often talking to people about different types of surgery or a second surgery mm. or, you know, what isn't working at that two-year mark, unfortunately. That t- tends to be a, you know, a point in time where things just aren't as easy as they were. And, you know, it it can happen at the end of the first year, but less likely. And people can get to five or six years. I mean, I've seen a few couples that have done it together and they've gone really well for a, a, a while. But then um, what they tend to find is, you know, one person will be doing really well and then the other person falls off the wagon and then the other person's doing really well and the, you know, and they take it in turns as to who's going well and who's not. And that can end up in a situation where one person brings the other person down sometimes. And I mean, it's good when both people have gone for the surgery, they know what it feels like they're on the journey together. But there's Mm. often a situation where a spouse doesn't really or doesn't always understand 
understand what it's like to go through what they're going through and you know oh, this won't hurt you just have this and they don't understand the tummy is so limited with what it can have and a few of those little slip-ups can really undo some very hard work yeah that's right I, I see a similar scenario with alcohol when you're not drinking everyone's <laughs> encouraging you what's wrong here you know it's so much fun let's do this so yeah. it's incredibly socially it's very different and setting up those situations I suppose with you know healthy alternatives that are fun and easy to do as well is important so yeah that support network is um, very important as well yeah. I, I must say, you know, the food's good when the people that are on the program have run out of meals because everyone else in the family's eating it. And <laughs> we get that email nearly once a day where someone has eaten their whole week's supply worth of their protein balls or their egg bites or their dim sims or whatever it is. So meals occasionally go missing, but the snacks always, always go, go missing. Go. <laughs> so we know to double order the snacks, do we? Yeah. We've got stealthy teenagers in the house who I think they're well supervised, but I don't know when they're eating that food because it's simply <laughs> just vanishing from the cupboard. So I'll oh. know to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. The peanutty protein balls, they're the ones that tend to go missing. <laughs> you have to hide them. Is there any secrets for where you put these special oh, additions? Hopefully the kids don't realise they're in the freezer. So I tend yeah. to find the kids raid the, the pantry and the fridge, but they don't always go looking in the freezer. So just hide them behind the peas and things like that you should be safe <laughs> that's a good good recommendation thank you <laughs> and so as far as this journey goes and what needs to be learned and new habits are formed do you find that patients are provided with enough education and support throughout their journey oh look it it is an individual situation too because some people don't on the onset of having the surgery they don't think they want or need that support so mm. they may seek a service where it's optional to see a dietitian or someone about nutrition and unfortunately in the long term they're the people that don't tend to do as well and we see them at some point in time when they've relapsed or they've gone to go back for some other surgery and that's because they didn't get that support or that education about what life looks like a year after the surgery or two years or five years later and we find it's really powerful for the people that have had surgery just to check in once a season so once every three months and just be accountable to someone for not going back into old habits. I think even for an unweight loss surgery patient, checking in and <laughs> having an advocate or having that um, reset and front of mind thinking about your health is such a positive way to run your life uh, rather than oh, the wheels have fallen off and something's broken and now we'll take this little wagon to go and get fixed. And that's the kind of, you know, mindset that I think we need to bring to this platform is that don't fix it when it's broken. It's a constant process of being reminded and excited and exploring and curious because there's so much to learn about. Absolutely. And I think that is always my motto with health in every aspect that, you know, spending that money on an appointment when you don't need it 
ends up being the best money you ever spent because you never actually need it. You do it before anything goes wrong. Mm. And it's the same with going and seeing whether it's your osteo, physio, chiro, whoever it is, you think, oh, I don't need it and you cancel an appointment. And sure, sure enough, the week later or two weeks later, something goes wrong and you think, if only I'd done that, it, that tune-up often helps. And I find that with people's diets is if they go, oh, I just don't think I need it at the moment, I'm going really well often they're at the cusp of, you know, running out of steam to keep going and doing what they're doing. And they just need ideas, innovation, fresh Mm. thinking to keep them inspired and enjoying um, eating well. Yeah, that's a great point, I think. And it's just that constant process of the reminder and the touching base. And it's not a... um... I think a lot of people feel that if things aren't going so well and they go to talk to someone, they've failed, mm. which that's really an important time to be open and keep that honesty and that, you know, connection going so that there's, you know, room to improve it as well and learn from it rather than, you know, think that that's the end of the story and I, I give up. It's more of a what can I learn from this period and what do I do when this happens next time rather than, you know, it's always going to happen and it's... Um, you know, they give up. It's so true, isn't it? And that's people, I guess, patients in their first few visits before they get to know the practitioner. They think they're always going to disappoint them or they've done something wrong. They're scared of failing. But if they get to know their practitioner, they'll realise that 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 practitioner is their net of support when they let go and they need someone just to hang in there and get through with them and let them back up on that rope. And uh, I think, you know, as a for the patients, it's really important that they do have someone that can support them and they never feel like they've failed because you only fail when you don't do anything about it, when you don't acknowledge it. That's true failure. If you ask for help, you haven't failed because you're coming out of it. You've already made the step to improving it. So... Yeah, and open to learning in another way or having someone else's input to support you. I do see a lot of people who are trying to do it alone and I always Mm. discourage that because for this reason it's so much more work to find out what you need to do on your own and stumble along the way when even, you know, taking on your program and having that as your learning is just such a, um, it's a shortcut and I think if we can help with supporting that and, um, you know, getting them. Can to we understand. offer the free dietitian support for anyone who goes on the program? Call up and chat to our dietitians or nutritionists for free. We don't charge for that, and that's really you know the ethos of our company is you can't give someone a product without the support to help them succeed. So we offer that support, and not to take away from any of the clinical dietitians that are seeing the patients, we're happy to work with them, and they certainly the patients don't need to speak to us, but they need to know that we're there if Mm. they ever need it and we're certainly happy to you know pass on the referrals and um, we're trying to build a network on our website of different health professionals that we can refer all of the patients to because we know people like to build a relationship and to follow up with someone so we're trying to help them network who's in their area and Mm. understands both weight loss or bariatric surgery and understands what they're going through because they get a lot of pushback um, from GPs particularly that aren't supportive of Mm. what they're trying to do and they just they want someone who understands. That's a great piece of knowledge actually to know that it's not only a food service where you're giving plant-based healthy protein rich meals but also you know if you've got questions there's somewhere to go because I think that's a key to just 
even a small question or one little thing that can send you back off on a, you know, on a better tangent and um, keep you encouraged. Yeah, uh, send them an article or a recipe or speak to their dietitian because sometimes we do get it where um, it's sometimes it could be a diabetes educator or someone who says, I don't think this is the right program or this could be dangerous or this isn't for you. And we'll say, you know, send them our details and we're more than happy to, you know, talk about if you want to openly talk about um, how we think it can help and let them make the decision. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so you, with your programs, it's not, you know, every meal and every snack that you need to select as a full week of food. You can just choose snacks. Is that right? You can just yeah. choose from the range to tailor it to suit your needs. Absolutely. So a lot of people just replace one meal a day or replace their snacks. If we talk about replacing the hardest meal of the day, where are you most likely to fall down? Where are you most likely to go wrong? If you, you know, the night before you're planning out your day and even when you put your plan away you go "Mm, I just not sure if I'm actually going to get past three o'clock here plan for that three o'clock snack or you know if it's lunch because you just don't eat lunch during the day and that's that isn't the problem meal it's the fact that you overeat in the evening well then let us support supply the lunch so that you don't overeat in the evening and those good intentions Mm, follow through and can patients call and discuss what they're looking for and you can help guide them with you know what you can see is a not a norm but you know trends and things that can happen and the best way to support that with the different selections from the website. Absolutely. There, we do have a heap of different programs mm. too. So some people will want four meals a day or five meals a day or extra snacks during the day, um, takes into account their activity levels, their starting weight and what their goal weight is as well or why they're doing the program. Yeah. So comprehensive. It's wonderful. And it's, you know, and where do you distribute your meals to? Is it Australia wide? Tell me more about that. So we're Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia and WA. So just not yet in the Northern Territory or Tassie. We had a moment where we were in Tassie, but there was issues with their ports. So we'll get back there at some stage. We covered the whole of the country and I believe Yilly. you visited the shark tank at some point too, didn't you? Is that? Yes. Yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> and of course, put you on a different trajectory pretty much overnight. Is that right? Yeah. So our business grew 1500% after <laughs> overnight after oh. being on shark tank. We went from a team of five people to 63 in four weeks. And that's incredible. Yeah, it was, we knew that it was a bit of a secret in that we had something that actually worked and it worked for more than the majority of people. Anyone who sticks to the program actually gets results. And we know that because we ask them and we didn't expect the reaction that we got on TV um, because we thought, well, how many people are actually looking for this? Uh, but we certainly got much more of a reaction than we ever imagined. So we've been riding on that for three years now and the business is just going from strength to strength because we've got that ability now to be able to keep innovating, keep changing the products and the menu and keeping people happy. Whereas Without that initial growth, it's very hard to 
um, get the ball rolling to, you know, come up with 70 different products and constantly be updating the menu. And that's something that takes a lot of a big team to pull together every month. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the data and the number crunching that you would have put into every single meal. Mm -hmm. It's, I just can't believe the amount of effort that's gone into the planning stages. How long did it take you to put these ideas together? It was probably two years of working towards it. And then always like studying for an exam that last three months of just cram 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 and you know getting it to food labs having it all tested and doing all of those bits and pieces that you never realized was a part of the process until it got to launching date and then there's all these other things you need to do with accreditations and HACCP and all of that yeah the, the food standards in Australia are very high and I can't imagine what you've done to run every meal unbelievable it's incredible yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a product we can certainly rely on and trust when it's been run through so many different <laughs> little hurdles along the way to tick off and cross off um, and so to find out more about your programs and your support what do people need to do just go to befitfood.com.au and there's a contact us page if you want to ask a question. We've got an online chat during business hours so you can just type a question in the chat box. Uh, we've got a phone number there. You can call and chat to us. And we've also got um, a link that goes directly to our dietitian's calendar and you can book a free appointment in with the dietitian and um, have an online meeting and find out what program's right for you or just whether it's something that you're interested in because let's face it, not everything suits everybody, but if you like healthy food and it is basically meat and veggies with herbs and spices and low sodium, no sugar. So it will taste different to a Chinese takeaway meal, but it will taste nice, just different. And that's something some people aren't used to. The first time they eat it, they go, I think it's bland. And then funnily enough, by two to four days into it, they go, the food's really good. And we're like, hang on, on day one, we asked you what you thought of it and you weren't sure. Oh no, I love it now. And their taste buds and their expectation of when they eat a wholemeal beef lasagna, what they think it should taste like and what it tastes like on day one don't always match but by day three or day four they're loving it so that's incredible and I think you're right like when we do take all these additional you know additives out of the Mm -hmm. food people will feel like there's something missing and I'm at the point in my life where if it's in there and there's additives I pick it up straight away and it's just not it doesn't give you that enjoyment like a real you know, real food can do. And I think it doesn't take long for that transition to take place. I must say exactly the same. A long time ago now when I was on an aeroplane, certainly not in the last six months, I had an aeroplane meal and it looked nice and I started eating it and it was horrible. Mm. And I was like, what's wrong with this? To the point where it was really challenging to eat it. And I was like, what have they done that has made it so unnatural? And that's something that we are just all for fresh food and hence why we we snap freeze the food because it means we don't need a gasset. Mm. We don't need um, all the preservatives and things that you need to add to food to maintain shelf life. Yeah, and for, yeah, exactly. And I yeah. think the freezing has actually been shown to lock in a lot of nutrition for cut vegetables and that sort of thing. And sometimes it's a better option if um, you've got the time for it. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like a wonderful and very interesting journey for you. Thank you. And <laughs> do you have anything 
we want to you would like to add no no i'm just um yeah very pleased to be invited as a guest and good luck for anyone who's listening on their journey and yeah hopefully we get to meet you at some stage at be fit food well done and congratulations on the success of your business i know you've worked extremely hard and at the moment under extremely unusual conditions being based in (laughs) Melbourne so still got a smile on your face and I think that's just you know remarkable and a testament to your you know resilience and personality so good on you thank you thanks for your time today it's been wonderful to chat with you thanks Kate thanks for listening and just before you go we would love to hear your feedback so please give us a rating and review for other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.